0: Welcome to another episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here with Brad Askew. As you can see from the show notes, we're going to talk about Brad's uh, origin story and get some feedback, some excellent feedback from him. He sent me a nice uh, email with enough uh, details that I could see the makings of of an excellent interview. So Before we jump into Brad, let me thank my sponsors, uh, Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hudson Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Beckett Media, including Beckett grading and, and Beckett authentication, as well as ComC.com. dot com. Excellent sponsors, but I also have excellent guests. So, Brad Askew, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, um, Jim. It's a pleasure being with you, and really excited to do this.
0: Uh, tell let's let's get some context here. Tell us about your uh, kind of hobby origin story. Most people had a had a. Uh, a hiatus, they had a back in the day when they collected and then they didn't and and now they right. do. And I think that's your story. Uh so tell us about your um your, your hobby journey and sure.
1: And, uh... I think I can trace it back um really a little bit to my mom or to my dad directly and my mom indirectly in a way with me collecting and I'll explain that. Um my dad was born in thirty nine and was a collector of cards you know, when he was young, so I would assume he, you know, had late forties, early fifties, some of those Bowman's and early Topps cards and stuff. And yeah, yeah. unfortunately, like you, who uh you know, was given the box of your dad's cards, all mine were were thrown out by my grandmother back in the day. <laughs> oh, so no. uh, Yeah, exactly. I, there's a there are a few million people out there who bemoan yeah, yeah. that all the time, right? But uh he you know, my dad always described it as um I think he, the way he described it to me was, oh, yeah, I had a couple of chest of drawers full of, or at least drawers within a chest of drawers that were full of old cards. I think to myself, oh, my gosh, if we could only have them back. But uh, so those were thrown out ages ago. And I remember when I, you know, years later, when I was adult, my mom made a comment uh, that uh, it was after my dad had passed away, which was in 2000, I think. But she said, you know, I, I remember when you were little, when you were like 10 or 12, I made a comment to your dad you need to do something with Brad, you know, do a hobby or something where y'all can bond more or spend more time together or whatever. And around that would have been around 80 or 81 when I was about 12. And uh, my uncle and all had gotten into somehow had gotten into collecting cards again at that point, my dad's brother. So the three of us started doing it together. And, um, you know, many of, yeah, many of my favorite memories uh, of growing up involved cards and going to local card shows and, and uh, card shops as they started to pop up around, um, around Atlanta and around, I grew up in the Atlanta market, Atlanta area. And, um, I don't I don't know if you know like uh Barry Sanders was a sports car, mm-hmm. at, at, sure, yeah. Atlanta sports cards. He was a guy that we bought and sold from a lot. Uh there was a store in um Decatur, Georgia called the Paper Chase, which not only had books and magazines and comics, but were big into cards and we bought a ton of stuff through there when, you know, in those yep. early eighties range. And I just think we remember not only going to vocal shows, but even going with my dad to um, you know, driving to like Chattanooga, Tennessee several hours and going to a show and seeing, you know, there there's an autograph guest and, you know, stuff like that. So just cool memories like that. Um, my dad and I shared a passion for not only sports cards, but sports in general. So and the two things kind of, you know, you know, work together in that standpoint. Uh you know, we enjoyed watching sports together and going to sporting events, but also collecting cards and, you know, uh we really uh Jumped into it full force, I'd say back then, because uh, in a fairly short period of time, within a few years, we'd accumulated every top set from 1953 up at that point, which was no small task. Um, yeah, it was a lot. And then we had, uh, and they were in pretty good shape, as I recall, uh, as well. Uh, unfortunately, we've sold off a lot of those years and years ago, but I uh, did that, and we had a uh, 55 double header set and football American from 55, just a lot of great cards, and bought a lot of vintage uh, stars in addition to putting the sets together. So uh, we, which I still have many of those, and I'm thankful for that. Well,
0: so, go ahead, well, Brent, You're uh, so you're collecting with your dad. What what's the dynamic there? I mean, were you the mm-hmm. were you the was he the were you the brains and he was the wallet, or, or were you <laughs> the <laughs> one finding the cards, or were you were you yeah. sharing and everything together? I mean, how much of a of a together uh, hobby was it?
1: Important to division of labor. Right. Well, I can tell you, it was definitely it was his wallet. That's for sure. Okay, <laughs>
0: okay.
1: <laughs> he bought it, and he bought the cards and stuff, which was great, and and just went full bore into it, and, and I would, uh, yeah, I guess we would, you know, obviously we were all, yeah, looking, we had want this, of course, back in the day, and uh, mm-hmm. we need this, this, and this for that particular set, and we would go scouring the show, shows looking for. Of course, mm-hmm. it was pre-internet and everything else where you could, you know, so easily now call it up and find that, you know, 1956 Bill tunnel you need. Well, you, you can't do that, uh, you know, you couldn't do it back then like that, so we had to go search him out. It was definitely his wallet, but he enjoyed sorting cards. I think my dad used it. A lot as kind of a, to kind of you know, give him a break from work and travel and everything that he did. He'd come home and he'd be sorting cards even when I wasn't there. I mean, you know, he enjoyed opening up, uh, you know, we would do vending cases together or open packs and he enjoyed sorting them and, you know, putting them in numerical order and all that stuff. So it was something he enjoyed as well. I think it was kind of a diversion for him. Uh, it was, well, you know, from that standpoint.
0: You said you love sports. Was that, was that uh, a big part of it? And and
1: frankly, all you've been doing is mm-hmm. baseball. Was it, was it all baseball yeah. or it was largely baseball. We did do some, I remember buying some basketball cards, kind of late 80s like the, the hoop sets that you yeah. talked profiled earlier. And yeah. I remember yeah. we bought those, Did a lot of that. Some of the later for the year, unfortunately didn't buy up the, uh, the year of the Jordan rookie. Like I wish we had in a long weekend okay. looking back, but no. Yeah, but we did have some basketball, a little bit of football. Um, I was a big dolphin fan when I was young and, Love Dan Marino, and you know, we so we we did have uh, bought some football, but it was overwhelmingly baseball from a collecting standpoint. I would say. What, uh,
0: well, that was a, They say now that today's as good as it's ever been, but mm-hmm. you were there as I was in some of those years where it was awful good then too. Oh, it's absolutely! Just, it's just good in a different way. You
1: think? I, yeah, I think it is in a way. I mean, it's. I remember, you know, your part about like uh, people, you know, leaving, being the hobby and leaving. I don't think I've ever really left, but I did, you know, when by the time I got out of college and was starting to get into life, I actually went to work in the family business for a long time. I got married in 1996. I mean, the hobby was obviously a back burner thing at that point. Yeah. I still was collecting, um, you know, doing some player collecting. Um, uh, but, uh, but as far as, you know, rapidly going out there and buying up boxes and cases and all that stuff, that really stopped for a while, uh, for a long time. Um, so, but I, I definitely felt like, um, you know, there's a, there, it was great back then, even though, you know, I we definitely made a mistake as collectors thinking of the now and then, I think we got wrapped up in that whole late eighties. Oh my gosh, this is the stuff that everybody's going to want for all this future time. You know, and, and, you know, we're, we're, let's kind of sell off some of the older cards in order to buy these hot new 1988 Domus cards, you know, that kind of thing. So I mean, we were crazy well, enough to do that kind of thing. I, that I the the only one. thing. No, I, was the only one. Not. One. I mean, it's no, not, uh,
0: it's right. but, uh, um, yeah, are, uh, <laughs> <There's
1: several laughs>
0: what of were we thinking? Regrets, yeah. but uh, that's, a, that's a
1: major one, no doubt. And, and I think other people on your podcast have made a good point. It is different now. I don't speculate, don't buy as much really now, other than, you know, I'm a big eddy, Marie Collectors, you know, but I, yeah. he's my guy. But as far as, you know, I don't, I'm not out chasing the, the latest Zion or the latest this or that, but I can see why I think the hobby could be healthier now for the long run. Versus back then, because back then, oh, I bought up a 100 of this rookie of so-and-so, you know, right. and because there's a million of them being, a zillion of them being printed, uh, you know, and, you know, that wasn't sustainable because, obviously, you know, supply, way outstripped demand, even if the player was amazing. Nowadays, with the, you know, as people, other people talk about, with the serial numbering, much more limited uh, printings and stuff, I think there is more legitimacy to these cards holding their value and continue to go up, and, you know, of course, we're blessed to be in a good economy as well, which always helps.
0: Yeah. So what, what's your collecting... Uh, Approach now sounds like back mm-hmm. in the 80s, it was completing sets and, and sure, but a little bit of player collecting is it mostly to Eddie Murray or other kind of player collecting, or are you still completing sets?
1: Well, no, I really don't open it. it part of me regrets it, I really don't open packs now much at all. And part of me thinks oh, it would be fun to do that, but I don't know that I would, you know, it, it would lead to a lot of cards that I wouldn't know what to do with or wouldn't have, you know, really a use for per se because I do collect uh, mainly Eddie Murray as my player collector, and then I still on occasion buy some vintage stuff. My dad and I back in the day, we really focused on the tops era. We were at a little bit yeah. of Bowman, but we were mainly 52 tops and up. And that was all we really bought. And I never, even in all these years of collecting and I've been collecting for 40 years, I had never owned a tobacco card until probably four or five years ago. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd never owned any dowdies or, or any of those. And, you know, I've I got some certain dealers I buy from and I you know was at one of the shows they do or whatever. And I'm like, you know, and even if it's not great condition, it's not a Hall of Famer, I want to have a few tobacco cards just to have them, you know. So I mean that's so I've got some bought some P two oh sixes and I bought some off-condition star goities or, or uh um, you know play clay balls and stuff play like balls, that. Yeah. And yeah, and I really enjoy those. Uh I enjoy having those and you know, and it's so uh, part of me would like to kind of collect moving forward. It's not a focus in my collection, but I'd kinda of like to buy or have at least one original card of as many Hall of Famers as possible. Am I going to have a you know two to a yeah. fixed cob? I don't know about that. Or am I going to have a one of those you know, expensive old roofs? Probably not. Or maybe not. But but I would like to get you know at least one Hall of Fame card of as many players as I can. Um, you know, and I do also collect on occasion. I see some game use or, or autos that are affordable of Hall of Famers. I'll pick those up too because it's just you know that's kind of the modern thing that I like. is Some so of those you, you know cards of, of that nature.
0: So you pick them up, but how do you display them? Or what what, what kind of a yeah. relational aspect is there to? Do you have a, a a place or a, mm-hmm. a, a way to display or to show people what you have, or are you very private about it?
1: No, no. I do I, have, I do have, um, I do have in my office, which is in my home. Uh, I've got an office upstairs, kind of a bonus room type setting uh, that, that my wife and I did a few years ago. I mean, I've got a lot of my Murray stuff on the wall, a lot of posters and stuff. Uh, I've got a series of uh, shelves that have got, you know, some of my collectibles of him, a lot of memorabilia stuff that my dad and I collected over the years. I don't buy as much autographs or memorabilia stuff now as I did back in the day, but I've got, I've got a lot of autographed baseballs that we collected, autographed bats, uh, Ted Williams' cap, uh, a 1969 Mets, uh, a New York team uh, signed ball that actually my mom got for uh, my dad and I for the holidays one year. I mentioned when we started that my mom was kind of indirectly involved in my collecting. She never really collected like my dad and I did or wasn't a part of our collecting. But at the holidays, she was really good about honing in on Hey, what have you seen that your dad would like, you know, for Christmas or, or talking oh, to him about what's something we can get, Brad? Just yeah, she uh, was she was great. Uh, I mean, she she a uh, perfect example real quick. We um one year, my dad and I were out in Las Vegas, and I guess it was either fall of 92 or maybe 93. And we were in one of the nice collectible stores out there at Caesars Palace. And they had the an autographed Olympic jersey of Magic Johnson on the wall from the Dream Team. And they also had a Larry Bird one. And they were beautifully framed, matted, the whole thing. And so we came home, and my dad and I were talking about it. And she kind of pulled me aside and was like, "Which one of those you think ought to get me dad for Christmas?" So I'm like. And so I was like, let's go with magic. And, you know, at the time, of course, he'd already been diagnosed, and I was worried about that. And also, you know, and I was always a bigger magic fan than I was Bird anyway. So uh, so let's go with the magic. And it's still hanging on my wall here in my office today, and I'm glad that he's very much alive and doing well also. Absolutely. Well, uh, Brad, we're out of time. I want to
0: come back and do another episode with you about Eddie Murray because I think that's worthy of a whole episode. But any last question you have uh, for me about the podcast or anything – before we sign off on this episode
1: sure um i guess one thing i thought about i know that community of course is your favorite player i've known that for a long time and that you started collecting in 56 but are there are certain cards or maybe sets through the years that are your favorite i know you had to kind of take a hiatus for being a collector there for a while when you were in the business and pricing cards but what were some of your favorite card sets or cards through the years
0: well i liked uh some of the '30 stuff that my my dad has nice. uh, got me a start on the gaudis and the play balls mm-hmm. and the heads up and batter ups and had a little sprinkling of everything. I tried to complete those out. 52 tops is hard to beat, even though I was too young oh, yeah. to have collected that. But That's yeah, right. 56 tops is one of my uh, iconic sets. I mean, it wasn't Absolutely. that hard to complete it once you focus on it. There are no super rarities in it. And then um, right. and then as you move to the to, toward the present, uh, one thing I could do, even when we were Doing price guides. I did a lot of, uh, type card collecting because I needed the type cards. And so that's kind of more than, more than completing sets or doing player collecting. I've done a lot of type card collecting. So that's, that's been a lot of fun and the diversity. And the problem is when I show my collection to somebody or show parts of it, um, it's just overwhelming. I oh, yeah. Stuff, oh yeah. But like you, I've, I've tried to alphabetize a, a, a portion of it and organize it so people can at least, uh, know where to look if they've got a favorite player. So.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Fifty six and fifty-seven tops among the old tops. Uh, as well. Great. Yeah. yeah. Well Brad, thanks. People. Uh we'll Thank uh, be you.
0: back again tomorrow with another episode. And and uh, listeners, I promise to get Brad back here to uh talk about Eddie Murray and we'll do that uh pretty soon. So thanks, Brad. Thanks listeners, be back again tomorrow with another episode. The
1: man-